0: Welcome to The Aggressive Life. Today, we're going to talk about talking. That sounds like a great podcast. Let's hear someone talk about talking. Let me tell you why we're going to talk about talking. It sounds so stupid just saying it. Let me tell you why we're going to talk about talking. I'm hearing regularly from people saying, Man, I really like your podcast. It's really, really good. And I'm hearing a lot of other people also say, you're such a great conversationalist, which I've never heard anybody tell me that before. Such a good conversation. Does, does that mean that I look ugly? <laughs> does, that, does that mean I'm frumpy? Is that like the new way to say, boy, she's got a great personality. Oh boy, you're a really good conversationalist. So I was, I've been thinking a lot recently about conversation and I actually think it is a lost art that we don't have in our culture anymore. I've talked before about loneliness being the number one epidemic that's in our culture. It existed long before COVID and it's going to keep going and it's actually growing in the midst of COVID loneliness feeling isolated. Is it because of our loneliness that we don't know how to have great conversations or is it our lack of great conversations causing our loneliness? I'm not sure. It's, it's one of those two things, the aggressive life, is about noticing something and changing it in your life, noticing something and doing something about it, not philosophizing about it, not praying about it. You want to philosophize about it? Great. You want to pray about it? That's fine too. I like praying. I like philosophy, less so philosophy. But the aggressive life is about when I see something that needs done, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put a step forward. So this was an aggressive move for me saying, who really wants to talk about talking? But I've seen this as a as a stated need with people. I'm not a great conversationalist. I just think so few of us actually have conversations that when we hear a conversation, having a podcast, we go, oh, interesting. Hey, here's a little, little secret just between us girls. I come in to this podcast and Dirt just gives me two pieces of paper. Dirt is my producer, by the way. Dirt just gives me two pieces of paper. And I wing it. <laughs> I, I, I don't do any prep. I don't do any anything. I have a full life and a full schedule. Otherwise, I come in, I sit down with a guest, and we just start talking. And I look down. I, I do zero prep. It's about engaging with somebody. All I need is a couple things that gets that person going, and a conversation happens. And so I, let's make an aggressive move. Let's talk about talking. Who might I do that with? Hmm, who might I do that? I thought, if I'm going to talk about talking, if I'm going to have a conversation, I should probably converse with somebody. Who might that be? I know. Let's get Windex. Windex are saying, who is Windex? Windex is a very dear friend of mine. Some people know him as Craig Dockery, but I know him as Windex. He is a communications expert. He doesn't have a degree... He d- He's never written a book on it. He's a very normal guy, but he's freaking great at this. And everybody wants to be around Windex. Everybody. I'm serious. Like, if you've ever been around him, like, you just want to be around him. And a part of it is just how generous he is emotionally with people. Part of it is he, he likes to laugh. But the big thing is I think he's actually – a master at conversations, and when people come away from a conversation, they feel really good about themselves. So, enough of me yapping my yapper.
1: Welcome to the Aggressive Life Windex. Windex! Hey! I do have a degree. I did go to college. I just don't have it in communication. What's your degree in? Art, design, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a bit different. Yeah. Well, actually,
0: that's part of why I... I I thought that you were so interesting to be around is I kind of chalked it up to the artsy thing. Well, he's an artsy guy. He's a touchy-feely guy. I'm not a touchy-feely guy. I'm not very artsy. So he's a very unusual, unique person. Maybe that's why I like spending time with him because he's just different than me. I'm around enough people who like, you know. Yeah, sure, Muscle cars and stuff like that. I like muscle cars. Yeah, I, I, I know. It's one of <laughs> the weird things about <laughs> right, you. Right. You do. You like mu- you're an artsy
1: guy. You're not supposed to like muscle cars, Windex. I'm, I'm artsy, but I like, I like engines. They're awesome. <laughs> They're loud and amazing. <laughs> so, so
0: you're doing it already. See, right now, we're conversing. I get most folks in here and I ask them a question and then they just say the answer. It's so boring. And then I, I tell them again and again hey, look, let's have a dialogue, let's converse. And I find like, I just can't get most guests to converse. I ask them questions and they give a good answer. And then I ask them another question, and they give a good answer. But here already you said, well, I like muscle. Class. You already, yeah. you conversed. And so what I've come to realize about you, it's not that you're just interesting and archy and different than me. It's not that we have some similarities like sure. we do like Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. you just really know how to hit the ball back over the net when someone serves it up to you?
1: Right. Well, I mean, how many of your guests have written books on stuff? So they've got all the stock answers. They've got a script that they're just – or, an, or I, would, I wouldn't say agenda because it sounds bad, right? But, like, they have a thing they're trying – a point they're trying to get across. And I come in here, I'm like, you just wanted me to talk about talking? Great. Let's talk, you know, go back and forth. And I think that's the joy of it is it's ideally a two-way conversation where you, you can riff with each other, right? Yeah, you're one of those
0: guys that um – um Everybody is your best friend. Everyone wants to be around you. Everyone thinks you're their best friend because you're just a really, really good dude. And I I do think it comes down to this, just how you relate to people, how you interact with people. When it comes to conversations, like, do you have a philosophy of this? Have you been thinking about this for years? Or what talk about
1: Okay, so I would say I started off being terrible at conversations. I started off like the first part of my life all the way to probably my mid-20s. I was—I felt like the loner, the outcast, the—like, I I felt socially uh, behind, you know? Because I grew up in uh, a bunch of land out kind of on the outskirts of town, you know? And so I didn't live in a neighborhood, and I always just felt behind. And I was the kid who would draw and play piano, and then I kept doing that forever because I didn't have friends to hang out with, you know? Next thing you know, I feel like an outsider. And it took me until probably my mid-20s, like I said, to realize— That same insecurity that I feel, guess what? Everybody feels that way. And that unlocked everything. Then suddenly I was like, oh, dude, I'll come into this conversation because this guy, when he comes back at me and he felt like this guy's being a dick or he's not interested. No, he's just manifesting his own insecurity. So it freed me up to make conversations not about me proving myself, but to actually make a connection with people. Yeah,
0: uh, That is a great word. We are all way more insecure than we give our credit, ourselves credit for.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And people aren't trying to be elusive. They just don't know. We've become very relationally incompetent. So you're saying recognizing that most people are relationally or conversationally incompetent enables you to give them the grace so you're not judging them yeah. and— take responsibility to see the conversation happens? Is yeah, that what you're saying? Yeah,
1: totally. Well, I mean, so if I walk into a conversation and I feel like this person's probably going to reject me, then guess what? Chances are that person feels the exact same way. So if I, can let that, if, if I can let that go, then that frees me up to be about connecting with that person versus trying to prove myself or trying to impress them or trying to argue against that or trying to win a conversation. You can't win a conversation. No, it's a win-win situation, you know? So, yeah, it, it's freedom. Total freedom. I think that's a big—so if you're taking
0: notes, one thing to take here to be a better conversation is to recognize that everybody's insecure about conversations, or most people are, and therefore help the other person out. Yeah, totally. Don't judge them. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. That's Don't one Don't judge them. Part.
1: And also a willingness to be rejected on, on your own end, right? So so much conversation is like you keep asking these questions or you, you present a part of yourself that— you're, you might be a little uncomfortable to let out or say, give an opinion that you're like, oh, they may hate this, but be willing to do that because that's going to open up the chance for them to to do the same thing, right? And versus like playing the script. Like that's the worst. That that's Those are the conversations that suck, right? The ones that are just, well, here's what I always say about the weather. This is the joke that I have. You know, here's the pithy quote that I always use. That sucks. Let's get through that. And let's actually, let's go find some new ground together, you know? Yeah, that
0: was a, a turning point for me a number of years ago, as I just started getting ashamed of having to ask the question again in the early parts of the conversation. You know mm-hmm. what that question is when you have to ask it twice? Mm. No. What's your name again? Oh, yeah, that is the worst. <laughs> That's awful. That is the and, worst. And, and the reason we do that isn't because I have an awful memory. It's because... When I said, what's your name? I didn't really care about the person's name. I wasn't really engaged intellectually. It was just
1: starter fodder for a conversation that really went nowhere. That's right. Well, and especially if if you're, the whole point of a conversation is to make a connection and you're having this great, like, (laughs) that's like the worst mistake ever, right? Is like, you're having this great conversation. You find out about their kids or they like monster trucks or whatever. And then you're like, Ah, remind me your name again. Like the very essence of who you are, you know? Yeah, it's a huge mess. Yeah, what I
0: do, and now I, I, that's not a problem for me anymore because I know when I ask that question, I gotta actually want to know the answer. So you but, double focus on their name, I like do you got a tool that you use to remember. See here, it is again, you're actually. I this is conversation. <laughs> this is one. Right. This is so beautiful. That's, right. that's, that's right. why I have Windex. And this, I want to know. This is amazing. Seriously, conversations are like playing ping pong. Mm-hmm. I. You hit it over yeah. the net, and then the other person hits it over the net. I used yeah. to say tennis, but tennis is too difficult. Mm. Anyone can play yeah. ping pong, or actually pickleball. pickleball. I hit it, mm. and you hit it over that. So you, I, I feel so loved. <laughs> I'm serious. I feel so loved.
1: Yeah. Um. What What do you do to remember people's names? Usually, I I have to like I I I suck at it too. Right. I have to repeat their name like Paul. Okay, Paul. You know, like.
0: Well, I, I mean, started. So do do? I started praying a prayer a number a long time ago. God hasn't said yes to it yet, but I've said many times that if there's one supernatural gift that I would like God to give me, it would be that I would remember everybody's name who I met. Because mm, yeah. when someone remembers our name, we just feel like a million bucks, That's right? Right. Yep. And so I was convicted that if I'm praying that prayer or wanting God to supernaturally do that, the least I could do is Try. remember somebody's name for 45 seconds. I mean, literally it was so embarrassing. I asked them the name like, what's your name again. So I, I make a note to have energy to remember. It. And then when I forget it, cause it still happens sometimes yeah. I, I say now I say, then I'm sorry, I'm an ass. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your name again? Right. I want to take right. responsibility for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's a critical thing. So you said, uh, you said the step one is to, um, You've already said about two or three things here that I I I should have added to our list. Some gold in here. Yeah.
1: What what, what else have you learned? Uh, Well, I think you know when I when there's all different kinds of conversations you can have, right? Like there's just the random one, some interaction you have with a cashier at a checkout, or there's one you have with a coworker who you don't really know, or there's the hard conversation with your spouse. Those are all different kind of things. But like I said, I think the goal is connection. Like at the very core of our beings, we want to feel like we're not alone. And so what can you do to to build that connection? And that can happen through a hard conversation or just, a just recognizing somebody, you know? So I would say like cocktail conversations, that's probably the thing that everyone sucks at, right? Small talk, all this kind of thing. You just, cause you, you just, you stay on the surface and, and you, you play the script and you never know anything. My goal is always to like like latch on to whatever they have a little glimmer in their eye about and go deeper on that. Cause there's something that that guy is yeah. excited about. Right. And how can I dig until I find it? And my goal is like to get somebody to light up, you know, like if I can get somebody to light up with like, Oh man, I never, I never told anybody this, but I have the biggest Lego collection in the whole world. And let me tell you about it. I got the, you know, I got the space, the, you know, the whole Hogwarts and it's amazing. You know, like yeah. you get people to that vulnerable place And their eyes light up and like you know them. Like you you get a little
0: glimpse into their soul. It's amazing. So another bullet point then would be it's not about conversing, it's about connecting. Absolutely. Because I do feel like that's something that people don't do. We're okay. I want to learn how to fill the time so it's not awkward. Like people might have been tuning in so far to this because I, I feel so awkward. So how do I carry that on? That's different than I want to connect with that person. Mm -hmm. I want to know that person. Mm -hmm. I want want our hearts to somehow have an encounter with one another. If that's your heart in a conversation, then it's gonna go totally different.
1: Totally, that's exactly right.
0: How about a meaningful conversation you've had recently? Because now again, we're not talking about not being awkward when we're at a cocktail party but conversing and having something meaningful meaningful so when you see someone's eyes light up yeah. or you see them take place can you give us an example like of a recent
1: time where this happened for you yeah as for i i feel like i have meaningful conversations every day of course maybe that's why i'm on the podcast right <laughs> but like i'm always trying to connect and get to the heart of what's going on i feel like more often than not right now that's with people that i know and that means it's hard conversations you know like digging to like they're just like i don't know man that was just kind of weird and i'm like Oh, this is gonna this is gonna be exhausting. How was it weird? <laughs> you know, and you try and get to really like articulate what is the thing that's really bothering you, and then we can start to figure it out. You know, so I would I would say even last night, like I'm hanging out with my uh, group of guys that will do stuff like we go everything from motorcycle trips to studying the Bible together, right? And so we're hanging out last night and, and having a conversation about stuff. And yes, I asked, I'm
0: not in that group. Thanks for inviting me. I Appreciate it. Keep oh, <laughs>
1: You'd be great in it, though. Um, so in that group, you know, we're having a conversation about about some stuff. And and it's just kind of quiet. And so I asked one of the guys, I was like, well, what, what do you think? And he's like, I don't know. I feel like for the last 20 minutes we've just been talking about concepts and all this. And I, like, I feel like we're just kind of jerking off here. And I got – it pissed me off because I'm like, that's the whole point of the group is to like – Is to jerk you, off? No, no. Is to have real conversations. And if you had this thing stirring in you – be the change you wish to see in the world, you know? And and it was it was I mean, I was pissed, you know, but I was I it was a real interaction. And then it actually built even more connection between him and me because we're such good friends that we can debrief it and say, "Hey man, I'm I didn't mean to piss you off." That's what he said to me. And I'm like, "Hey, none taken," you know. And so it actually builds a greater connection because we had a real interaction. We know each other better. I understand him better. He knows, and he knows what my ground rules are. I didn't just get pissed and not say anything. I brought it out right in the moment, you know? Like, anytime you have conflict, you have two options. You can either address it or you can let it go. That's it. You can't you can't let it sit and let it fester and let it, and see. Maybe it'll go away eventually. So anyway, that was, uh, that was a pretty meaningful one. It was good. That is a good one. How about you? If we're having a conversation, what's the last meaningful conversation you had? Uh,
0: phew. yeah, cause I'm in a job that requires people interaction. If you're in people interaction, you've got to be having conversations regularly. Right. And, um, and you gotta be on your game. It's, 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 it does take an energy output to have a conversation. Totally. So yeah. the main conversations I have, they're not, they're not conversations, but the main communication I have is when I'm giving prepared remarks to a room. Mm. I do that quite frequently. Mm-hmm. But that kind of communication is different because I have a set thing I know that I want to say. Mm -hmm. I'm reading the room. I'm looking for cues. I'm a a seasoned enough communicator that I can read the room and make some pivots. But for the most part, I've got my stuff. It's going to be 90% nailed down. And it's just a matter of how do I deliver it. But in a conversation, it's changing all the time because Mm -hmm. the... You know the the balls come back over the net. You don't know how fast it's coming over the net. You don't know where it's going to be, what spin's going to be on it. You don't know where it's going to be placed on it. So it is a it is a much more, for me, mentally and emotionally taxing thing than giving a talk.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you have control on giving a talk, right? Yeah, that's right. Like people aren't going to be like, no, <laughs> you know, or very rarely they are. But they're, you're getting instant feedback, and it's yeah,
0: it's it's way harder. Right. Exactly. And one I had recently, I've had a lot of them. I'm, I've been putting in a pool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's been a long-term project. I've been saving for a long, long time. I actually moved into the house that I'm in right now. I've been in it for three years. We bought it, or maybe four years now, we bought it because we could put a pool in the yard versus my previous house. It's one of the reasons why we did it. So fine, the finance, everything lined up. Okay, let's go do this thing. And I'm GCing it. I'm the general contractor mm-hmm. for yeah. it, for all the different disciplines and things that are happening with the thing. And man, I'm really finding like the key thing isn't having my spreadsheet down and holding people to their numbers while that's important. The key thing is the conversations you have with the subs. Mm. The key thing is having relational equity with them, staying on top of them, not being too annoying and making deposits in them. It's those conversations that make deposits because a happy sub is a good sub. Yeah. And when someone feels like you're having a relational connection, they, they respond to you. They reply to you. They change some things. And so I've had a bunch of conversations with those folks that have been really interesting. So not all of them have been easy. Mm-hmm. Like one of them was, was, really, <laughs> was really pointed. But I, we had enough conversations after that point. I decided to go at it with this guy. So we, <laughs> I was trying to make sure he was going to show up in time. Because if he didn't show up in time, I was going to back the whole project up. And, mm-hmm. and he, he had said this to me a bunch of different times. And finally, this time I bit.
1: Mm.
0: He said, look, I've been doing construction for 35 years. He always, he kind of, I've been doing construction for 35 yeah. years. And, uh, and so finally I went, I've done $150 million of construction over the last 20 years. I mean, with all the buildings sure, I've ever yeah, seen, yeah. raised money for, are at least $150 million in buildings. So so, and I, I said, I know the problem here. The problem is when subs don't come, that's what holds up the project. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're having this conversation. And he backed down immediately. Now, that was a, that was a tough one, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm talking to him about his kids. Yeah, totally. I'm ta- actually, his mm. dogs are his kids. And his and his dog... So you had those
1: conversations before the tough one. Oh, So it was already built up, and you, you felt like you knew him a little bit. More,
0: oh, I did. Oh, totally. Yeah, you can't just go in on that totally. one. So anyway, it's those, it's those things that are, yeah. that are really important for us.
1: I think it's interesting because you talk about what's the last meaningful conversation. We both go to the hard conversation that we had. But I think, and also, in terms of it's not just a uh, cocktail hour conversation, but like for people that you actually know, a meaningful conversation is seeing something good in people and encouraging them specifically and that's a that's a skill that I learned over the last few years with just just some of the people I'm around, like my friend robbie he he made me so uncomfortable when I met him because he would, he would like look me in the eye and be like. I see you doing this thing really well, and and it's really amazing, and I see the effect it has on people, and I'm like, Ugh, quit looking at me in the eye. But I and but I was like, I love it too, you know, and like I I think if people are insecure, they're not good at communicating to themselves or to to each other or anything like that. Then obviously they're not going to be good at communicating encouragement or the positive things they see. I think that is just as important in that meaningful conversation. To your point, like. Like you, you see somebody doing something great on the pool and you're like, man, you're working your tail off. That's great. You know? So so let's keep identifying bank shots that people can hit. Little easy layups. So yeah, let's re-
0: reverberate some of them. Understand that person is much more insecure than insecure you, than yeah. you yeah. are. Yeah. Or uh, no, they're just as they're insecure. They're just insecure. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh secondly, is names. Remember yeah. their name. Everyone yeah. loves to hear their name and be remembered. In fact, if you can use their name a couple times a conversation, mm. hey, yeah. I, that's a good point. Windex, yeah. let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, they said my name. That's right. uh, here's another one. Look for easy opportunities of encouragement. That's we right. are in a yeah. world where everybody gets beaten down. So if you can find something to encourage somebody on, mm-hmm. hey, I like how you put that.
1: Well, mm-hmm.
0: oh, that's, yeah. oh, that's a great insight. Yep. Yep. Those are little encouragements. And it could just be the stupid stuff, of dude, those are great shoes. What kind of shoes? Yeah, something right. to
1: encourage. That's one. That's absolutely, and the, and like that's the kind of thing. That, those are that's the easiest win possible. When you're, you know, going through the grocery store checkout and you see this cashier who just looks tired and just like whatever. Yeah, compliment something about them or like, hey man, what's going on? You know, like ask them what they're doing after they get off work. Not in a dating kind of awkward way, you know, but like, like. Reach into their life a little bit, and and people respond in the most amazing way. It's great. Like, that whole thing, the goal of, like, connection, but, like, seeing people light up, man, it's it's wonderful. So it's not just seeing them light up by encouraging them, but
0: also questions. I think we've talked about that, yeah, or we haven't yet. Yeah. Do you have any standard questions that you always pull out in a conversation?
1: I don't have – I think, I, you know, I'll start with the regular cocktail conversations, right, and use that as just kind of your gauge to see – Well, what's interesting, you know? And then the best question is why or tell me more about that, you know? Like find the thing that people kind of hint on a little bit, you know, and then say, well, tell me more about that and keep digging, keep digging, keep digging. Uh, What I like to do for that is say, really?
0: Mm, Yeah. Like, so when I say, really, I'm telling that person – ooh, ooh, I just tagged this guy. Ooh, I, I got something that's really interesting. It actually yeah. encourages
1: them to keep yeah. copy because I'm, really? That's great because it shows that you're actually you're communicating interest and like, right. yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going because that sounds awesome. Yeah. One line that
0: someone gave me that I, I use when I speak publicly and in conversations is you have to be interesting mm-hmm. and interested.
1: Totally, yeah. You have to be
0: yeah. interesting and interested. Mm-hmm. So right now we're just talking about interested sending mm-hmm. cues that I do want to hear what you think yeah. sending cues I'm interested in your life mm-hmm. and the other one is this is I think is a is a handle with care interesting you have to be mm. interesting yeah. I say handle yeah. with care because you could justify your narcissism in this one sure I'm just yeah. going to kind of talk about all the ways that I'm awesome all yeah. the ways
1: of but you do have to be interesting. Have you any thoughts on that? Yes, totally. you got to be interesting, which means you actually have to do interesting stuff, right? <laughs> like if you're just a boring person, then of course you're not going to have anything to draw on, right? So yeah, go out there and like live and, and live your life. You can't just talk about Netflix all the time? No, you know, unless, unless you know something that no one else is watching, you know, and, and you have a, a take on it. Maybe you could make it interesting, you know? Like be a, be a film critic about it, you know? Go deep into it. But yeah, more interesting than Netflix, Monster trucks is always more interesting than Netflix. I would say the other thing is why are you why you know what's the point of being interesting, you know? And the point of being interesting once again is to connect, add value. Yeah, not to not to win, not to be like I have the most, you know, it's that whole like the me monster kind of thing where they're like I went to the moon, you know, that whole thing. If you if you have that story, great. Use that story and invite people into your excitement or or tell them something they didn't know about it, you know, like, yeah, add value to, to, to their life, to your relationship with them by being interesting.
0: That's the whole point of it. One standard question that I ask, which everyone asks, but I think they ask it for different motives is what do you do for a living? Yeah. I think oftentimes we ask that just like we ask what they think about the weather. Cause we're not sure exactly what to ask uh, and some of us are trying to figure out a way to judge somebody. Mm-hmm. I want to figure out how to how to categorize you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're this job, then you have this much money, and this. If you're that job, you don't have this money. I, I think there is some baggage with that. But what I love to ask that is, is it's going to bring a whole bunch of follow up questions. Yeah, totally. Uh, like it doesn't matter what somebody says. I am going to be interested in it. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Like let's just play this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just make up an occupation. Here, oh, Windex, what do you do for Louis? I'm a chiropractor. Really?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a degree in it, but I, you know, just kind of follow my heart. And, and when,
0: when you, when you,
1: and I I, I yeah. generally mean, what would, would ask this,
0: I'm curious about, when you have somebody on the table and mm-hmm. you're going to adjust them, I like to say crack. I know you want me to say adjustment, <laughs> but when you're Captain Crunching somebody, mm-hmm. we have some little, <laughs> <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Right. Do you like, are you ever concerned that something is going to break?
1: Does it feel satisfying? Like what, what is it about that? So when you're doing that, I I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not a good chiropractor. So uh, when you're doing that, you're, you're, you're trying to step into their shoes a little bit, right? Like you're like chiropractor. Okay. I'm visualizing a chiropractor's office. I wonder what that's like. Oh, geez. I could break somebody's back. Right, right. Have you ever thought about that? You know, like, yeah. Uh, see, yeah in, you, that's you're fantastic. a better
0: conversationalist yeah. than me, so you would have had yeah. a better follow up question yeah. that. There, it's no, Give me another co- occupation. Um, All right,
1: well, no, I'll my, give you one. You gave me one. Okay. Okay. Hey, uh, so uh, what do you do for a living?
0: I am a veterinarian.
1: Oh, a veterinarian. Uh, what made you want to be a veterinarian?
0: Boy, oh, it's interesting you should ask that. I had this, boy, I, I'm ready to go into my whole. Pet story right now. I'm not mm-hmm. a veterinarian, but you're right. I yeah, right. I, right there, that's a, that's a really good... And then good the it.
1: worst thing to do after that is to be like, what's your name again? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you've had this amazing connection, and you're like, I don't even know who you are, you know? That is good. You know, I do have a handful of, like, kind of standard questions when it's just, like, hanging out. And in a, one great one is, oh, like, "Tell tell me tell. what you were like in elementary school, you know? Like, what did you like then? Because... I think a lot of people are, are either completely different or they're exactly the same as they were in elementary exactly school. Exactly the same, but they don't have an outlet for it. Or exactly. Or they, they realize, like, oh, man, I, I used to love doing this thing, and I, and I haven't done it in 20 years. What were you it. like
0: in elementary school? That's a great one.
1: What were you like in elementary school? Now,
0: I'm just trying to compliment your question. I'm not, <laughs> no, I want to know. Tough. I
1: really want to know.
0: Elementary school. Oh. I, uh, I was just, I was just captain, captain active guy. I was always building tree houses, riding around with bikes with friends, backyard, you know, pickup games. I was, I was always having to be with friends doing something. Mm-hmm. And if I think about that, gosh, I kind of still have that today. I, I still love to build things. I got a couple of building projects happening in my house. Yeah. You and I got close on a motorcycle trip, Total, riding yeah. bikes. And boy, it's interesting how, what goes around comes around, I guess.
1: Right, right, right. I have 20 more minutes of questions for you about that. You know, like that just opens up so many things to understand, like, how were you then? How are you now? How have you grown those things and all that? It's just, it's how about a you? Are mind. you a lot different now than you were in elementary school? Well, to the point of the very beginning of the conversation, I'm a, I'm a lot more confident than I was then. But I still am doing the same things. I grew up as the kid who could draw and play piano, and I'm still doing music and creative stuff. All day long, and leading people who are doing that sort of thing, and so yeah, the root of that is it, is totally there. I just looked way more like Harry Potter back then, because um, that's just how my mom dressed me. <laughs> and see, there you go. There's another five minutes of conversation on that. Really? How did your mom dress you? I'm just no, literally like Harry Potter, like like a bowl haircut and like like circle glasses and. I don't know, I guess I didn't have a scar on my forehead or whatever. But yeah, she was just like, she dressed me up as like her, little, her little smart nerd boy, you know? And, and then <laughs> I'm still rebelling. So Carol Dockery, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. But, you know, my lack of hygiene is you're, you, you just tried a little too hard.
0: So you said standard questions you have. That's a good one. What were you That's like one, in elementary? I, what's another yeah. one?
1: An, another one is, um, okay, there's two types of people in the world. Uh, you could either fly a fighter jet for a minute in the air. You're not going to crash it. You can do whatever you want with it. You fly a fighter jet for a minute or you can drive a semi truck through like an empty mobile home park. Just demolish everything. Which one would you pick? Now, do you do you ask
0: this question like in the first two minutes?
1: Hey, I got a question no, for that's you. No, like that's like a third beer kind okay. of question. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's
0: cool. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. Uh, so, Which one? We're okay, so we just gonna have a normal conversation. Yeah,
1: we're right, talking fine. here. Okay, we're I keep, really I keep
0: here. thinking, is this a modeling? Okay, you're asking, it's yeah, this it's like
1: meta. You I know, would take driving out. the truck through a m- mobile home. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly right. Why I, is that right? That's well, right because su- that's it, what you would do. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, I mean, I think you're a, yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's go like smash something. That sounds awesome, you know. And then I think there the people who are more. I don't know. They're just more into, like, grace, gracefulness and all this kind of thing, like the aesthetics or whatever versus the people who are about the gristle of it, you know? Anyway, I don't know. It's a fun conversation. And then, and then right, there you go. We have five more minutes. Why would you say that? Why would you want to— And which would you do? A monster tr- or a semi-truck right through. i just demolish them. Now, yeah. how does that
0: correspond with you being artsy? That doesn't seem very artsy to me.
1: It's because I grew up in Milford. I grew up out on the east side of town, and— I'm like 78% hillbilly, so I'm artsy, but my DNA can't be denied. So how do you think that that background
0: melds with your artsiness? Do you think that's been one of the reasons you've been sought
1: after in business and stuff? Yeah, I think it helps me be more relatable, right? Like, so I've always been the guy who... You know, like I was a little Harry Potter who was in the gifted classes and all that kind of thing. And I was also the kid who was playing in bands at at bars and stuff in high school. And it helped me, uh, I can like speak two languages, right? I can speak the language of strategy and and creativity and, you know, help bridge that gap. So it turns out I thought I was really good at making creative things, but maybe the thing I'm really good at is just helping connect people. To the point of actually being on this podcast and talking about this very thing. So, it could also be that you're drawn to drive a Mack truck through a trailer
0: park versus gracefully do barrel rolls in a fighter jet because you're you're more into the tactical. You're more into uh, the concrete, be, the feeling yeah. of things. Yeah, and I could see well, somebody artsy. That's pretty much what you do, right? You sure. yeah. At least some kind of art. You're yeah. you're molding something in clay, or you're creating something. You, you uh, feel
1: like you've made something at the end of the day, right? Even if
0: it's a digital file, it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm when I'm done with a with a Mac truck, I look around and say I did something. Yeah. Which is actually my yeah. frustration with, frustration with my job hmm. is most days on my way to the my motorcycle or truck, whatever I brought into work, I turn around to see what I did and I can't see anything.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: I look at my yeah. calendar and I see a bunch of Meetings, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't a wall that I built. Right, there wasn't a thing that I cleaned up. There wasn't. it, It was just
1: like a full day. It's just harder to see the value with that stuff on like such a short time frame of a day. You can look over the course of a year or a decade or whatever, and you and you see, yeah, of course, all those million decisions made a difference. But I can work on my motorcycle and be like. It used to have a wobble, and now it doesn't, you know? And that's really satisfying. I think people don't realize the impact a good conversation can have. You know, like, if I look back at my day and I say I had a bunch of meetings, that might sound deflating. But if I know that I had three meaningful conversations with people throughout the day, then I'm like, I changed souls today. That was valuable. So maybe that's another reason. People are lonely because they're not actually connecting. They're not making any eternal impact on these beings that are way more than, like, Meat sticks, you know? We're like souls, you know? Meat sticks. <laughs> Meat
0: sticks. Conversations are so meaningful and fulfilling, but they're also draining. I don't mean that they just wipe the life out of us. I just mean it they're, it does take energy from us. I,
1: yeah. I, I hate
0: to say that the worst conversations I have are with my wife.
1: Hmm.
0: I hate that, but it's true. Hmm. And it's mostly because... All day long, I've been having conversations and I've been trying to be on my game, look in somebody's eyes, see yeah. what they're feeling, yep. see what they're thinking. Yep. I follow up with them after meetings, and say, hey, you look a little hurt about that. Is yeah. everything okay? Hey, you're a little silent. Did you have anything else to say that you didn't say? Like, I've got to be on my game on that all day. And then I go home. Well, how's your day? Uh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> That's, right. That's about how much energy That's I have. Right. It was yeah. fine. It was fine. Yeah. I, 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 I hate that I'm worse at conversations with my wife than anybody else. Yeah.
1: Well, is, do you find yourself just having tactical conversations with her versus like riffing about something interesting or a, a new idea or an adventure that you guys are going to go I together? I do. I yeah. do.
0: Very tactical about what has to get done today or yeah. whatever.
1: That's so hard. I mean, yeah.
0: Well, which is one of the reasons why us doing overlanding together has been mm,
1: so yeah. good.
0: Uh, which I know you found out as well. You and your you and your family are now you're not overlanding, but you got a camper for the yeah. back of your truck, yeah, and totally. you and you've got a whole new sense of energy with your wife over a new connection
1: point. Yeah, right? absolutely. So that yeah, it's the thing I was saying about we have the same hobby now. You know, <laughs> and I was saying there's no there's no checks and balances anymore. It's just checks and checks. Cause I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, Hey, what about this, this sick generator? We should get that. And she's like, yeah, that looks pretty great. You know, next thing you know, it's like Amazon, here we come. But it's great. (laughs) Cause it's a connection point. We can talk about something other than that's not Netflix. We can talk about something that isn't, what are we going to do with the kid's school or so-and-so has to be at this place at this time. We can just talk about the things that are exciting us, you know, and, and, that's an investment, but man, is it ever worth it, right? Like right. you think about overlanding and for all of the – of course, you love buying the stuff and strapping it onto your truck and all I that do. kind of stuff. But how much greater is it that you feel like connected to your wife because of it? That's amazing. Yeah, we've had conversations because we're
0: leaving pretty soon for the Pacific Northwest, a yeah. pretty significant trip we're doing. Just conversations about, okay, do we have the right gear? Do we have the right thing? Do you a, what do we pack? What's this? Are you okay? Are you sure you set up with this? You your, yeah. What do you want to make sure we do all out right there? And this, you know, all all this stuff. Yeah. It's, been, yeah. it's been really good. I think many couples, uh, just put it this way, I think the heart of every marriage that goes bad is they've lost the art of the conversation.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: When you aren't conversing with your spouse, when you don't enjoy talking with them, when you're not making a deposit in them and they're not making a deposit in you, it's only a matter of time because the relationship is on the wing.
1: And well, and how much, how often do you, you know, I I go back to my idea of like, I'm, I'm insecure and so is the other person, or I feel like vulnerable and so does the other person. How often do you feel that with your wife? You know, like, You you feel attacked, and so you attack back. And rather than just absorb some blows and, like, find a way to be a safe place, because then, you know, it's it's, why is it so hard to have the most vulnerable conversations with the person that you've chosen to spend your life with? I think, yeah, it's wild. You have
0: said that you want to have the jewel thief mindset. Mm -hmm. What is that?
1: Here's the jewel thief mindset. A jewel thief doesn't – a jewel thief goes into a – you know, jewelry shop or whatever, and they don't case the, they don't take the whole thing. They take like the one amazing diamond, you know, that is like the big, the big score or whatever. And so that's what I'd go into conversations with. them, say like, I want to be a jewel thief. I don't want to understand his whole framework for how he does business or whatever he's doing or all the different things. I just want to find one thing that's interesting.
0: That's good. I like it. Yeah, that's good.
1: Windex, are you ready for the lightning round? Let's
0: do it. Lightning round is when we're not conversing. I'm giving you something, and then you got to give us a real quick, like, one, two-sentence rapid-fire answer. Can you do do the lightning round, Windex? I can so do it. Okay. Lightning round, we're going – you're going to give people a clinic – on the kind of conversation to have or what you're thinking of when you meet these kind of people. Let's do it. So this is these kind of people. What should I say? What should I think? And like two sentences or less. Are you yep, ready? Yep, yep, yep. Coworker in the office. Ask them what they do on the weekend. Another parent at a kid's event. Ask them what they're excited about right now. When you ask someone out on a date, which is, is like nobody does that anymore, but mm-hmm. just back in the old days when guys so, used to actually ask women to
1: spend time yeah. with them, what so would you do? If you find a time machine and go back to the 1950s and ask someone on a date, I think the, the goal with that is clarity. You say, I would love to spend more time with you. Would you like to go on a date? So don't screw around. So not,
0: hey, would you like to have dinner tonight or on Friday? You're saying compliment them more
1: by, I would I love it to goes, spend more yeah. time with it goes you, back so to therefore. That, yeah, it goes back to that encouragement thing. Like, yeah. you're like, I like you. Let's hang out. Be clear about it. Don't be like, hey, if you uh, want to do the, I don't know, if you like food or whatever.
0: You know, that kind of thing. That's really insightful because it's showing them that they are interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I love that. Okay. Conversations over Thanksgiving with
1: a difficult family member. <sighs> You know, sometimes you shouldn't have a conversation. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You could add, you could try to get to their what's the heart behind the conspiracy theory, you believe. Just keep asking why. Somebody at a networking event. Ooh. Uh, ask them. Yeah, ask them why they're here and just keep asking why. Trying to dig to something be- beyond their sales pitch. With your kid. Hmm. I don't know. If it's a younger kid, I think you just ask them, what are you thinking about right now? And then they will riff for like 17 minutes. If it's an older kid, I don't know. My oldest kid's nine, so I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you what to, how to connect with a 16-year-old. All right. So. Your spouse. Hmm. You ask them, the, the, you say, in a moment of uh, a peacetime moment with a glass of wine or whatever, you say, what am I doing well and what could I be doing better? With someone from the other political party. Hmm. I think it's, uh, it sounds very similar to that Thanksgiving conversation, right? It's someone that you're naturally inclined to be like, oh, I do not want to talk to them. Try and understand what is driving them. Just keep, keep asking why. Keep asking. Say, tell me more. Keep saying, really? <laughs> you know? A friend
0: facing significant pain or difficulty.
1: Hmm. I think you just listen. You really just, you let them talk.
0: One-on-one with your direct report at work.
1: I think the first thing with that is clarity. I'm very much a feelings guy and I want to be like, how are you? But like, the more you can be clear, clarity is kind. And so sometimes a conversation just needs to communicate well. Dumbest mistake you've ever made in a conversation. Not remembering somebody's name. (laughs) That's an easy one.
0: (laughs) Well, next, this is good. Anything else you want to talk about or throw in here that we haven't, uh, we haven't mentioned? There's one idea that it
1: came, came on a bike trip, this idea of – the phrase just kind of came to me, uh, exchanging privacy for intimacy. And I think that's the goal of all conversation and really just like living a life together, right? So that came out of – you remember me and Steve shared a tent and everyone else had their own tent. And I was like, well, Steve's already bringing this big tent. I guess I could just bunk with him. And it was so much fun. It was so joyful. I mean, it stunk awful in there by the end of the trip or whatever. But you were jealous. You were like, you go to the, Google the sisters. Giggle go over Sisters. Over the absolutely. I
0: was your new nickname, <laughs> the Giggle Sisters. <laughs> we're, just like,
1: we're just talking, having a good time. And I gave up the privacy of my own tent. And I end up, you know, it's a very manly, it, it, platonic intimacy. But the idea that I felt more connected, like I felt closer to my buddy Steve because we, uh, we were doing that thing together. I think the same thing applies to the conversation. That's a great word.
0: Well, Windex, if someone wants to follow up with you, this is the only time when someone talks about their book or their program. You don't have a book or you don't have a program. You, you got, I, uh, you got yeah.
1: an Instagram account or something yeah. at least, right? Yeah, just uh, Craig Dockery on Instagram. It's great, you know. I do occasional music uh, posts and things. I got some sweet stuff that I... Have coming out soon. Yeah. yeah, go on there. Or you can also see pictures of my kids that I have great conversations Pins with. for trucks you have.
0: Absolutely. Oh, can we maybe yeah. close this podcast with uh, a truck with no nuts? Isn't that one of your
1: songs? <laughs> <laughs> Work Truck No Hitch. That's oh, actually a whole other band, but... Um, yeah, we could do a hymns for truck song. Yeah, that'd be what would great. Would you do? Okay, all right. So we're going to take
0: a break from our normally scheduled post music, and we're going to uh, do one of uh, one of your creations here right now. And let me just say, everybody, hey, before we even go there, come on, man, come on, be different, be different. Everybody else is being passive and just waiting for conversations to have being passive and and waiting to have a good time, passively wondering why people are such dorks. You be the one that pushes things. You be the one that actually is interested. You be the one that asks the good question. You be the one that actually listens. In a world of people who don't know how to ask questions and aren't listening at all to anybody, no one's listening, you be the one that's asking and actually listening. And you might actually find that the culture around you starts to change and elevate, change that barometric pressure, it would be great. So that's it, boys and girls. Thank you, Windex. That's it for The Aggressive Life. We'll see you next time on The Aggressive Life as we end with hymns for trucks. Thanks for listening. For all things aggressive living, why don't you head over to bryantome.com, find my new book, Move, A Guide to Get Up and Go Forward, as well as articles and much, much more. And no matter where you listen to podcasts, why don't you take a second and leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really, really helps us drive new listeners to the show. We want to help as many people as possible, just like we may have helped you. We want to help others. So why don't you help us out? If you want to connect, find me on Instagram at Brian Tome. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.